Sorry, you're not on it. Can you say dad? Can you say dad dad? Dad dad? What about dog? Reese, dog? Dog? Of course. You'd rather do that. Dog? Dad dad. Dad dad. Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And I am here in Dallas this time, actually, with a special guest, Chris Johnson, who I met while we were at the Pines together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, like I mentioned on, I think it was our first ever episode, at the Pines, we always have these special camp names, and yours was Blast. Blast. Short yes. for Blastoise. Yes. Because My favorite Pokemon. Yeah. So something about Chris is I don't think I've ever met anyone in my life who loves Pokemon more than you. And I love Pokemon, but you just blow me out of the water when it comes to the the fandom. I haven't met too many people with a Pokemon tattoo, so I think that that yeah, kind of cements it. I just saw that. I don't Really? Is that new? No, I got it July 4th 2 years ago. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that would have been the summer that we were together, too. Mm-hmm. It has my wife's initials in it, because I caught her for life. Aww. And she wrote it, yeah. That's so adorable. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I honestly didn't even know that. I have a Pokemon tattoo. We learn new things. There you go. But yeah, so now you're in Dallas, and I'm in Houston. I don't think I've seen you since Christmas time. We came together for that board game mm-hmm. day, yeah. which was a lot of fun. But you are now at St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish. In Plano, yes, sir. Yeah. What's that just like? started there. I started June and it's been great. I haven't obviously gotten too much into it because it's summer. So it's right. been more mission trips and service weeks and things like that. But we start up mid-September. So I'm getting kind of ramped up for that, working on curriculum and kind of getting through. It's a different program than I've ever done before. We do confirmation in eighth grade. So I've never done that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I've done it in second grade and I've done it in high school, but I've never done it in eighth grade. So it's completely kind of shifting what I use and how I use. Right, because when you were in Tyler, they mm-hmm. do in second grade. Second grade, right. right. Mm-hmm. So while I was at the Pines, Chris worked at a parish in Tyler, and there's a couple weeks where I would come in and help out. Really yeah, an adult volunteer, like, by name, but I volunteered and I was an adult, so. You were an adult volunteer, yeah. yeah it absolutely. was great. It uh, was a lot of fun. I loved your, your group there. Those kids were a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And... There was one night you did the laser tag. So Chris is the coolest youth minister ever because one of these social nights that he had, you rented out the entire football. I don't know if you rented, but you borrowed the football field for the local high school. Mm -hmm. And 
created this laser tag obstacle course for the teens, which was stinking awesome. Yeah, we brought in a guy with laser tag guns, and he had like 30 guns, and so it was a lot of fun just watching the kids kind of go out across this whole football field worth of obstacles and stuff just shooting each other. Yeah. So there's nothing like shooting each other at youth group. <laughs> I'm sure we could work that in somehow with Finding Christ. But, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Christ and laser tag, he's all over. Yeah, yeah all absolutely. Over. But yeah, it was good times. I think that was honestly one of my favorite memories from, from that spring, but that was a lot of fun. So as you're, you're aware, one of the things we always do is we talk about the media that we're taking in so that you, our listeners, can know what we're listening to as well. So are you watching, listening to, reading anything cool right now? Yeah. So I have a nine-month-old, Helena. And so it's been, there's a kind of a lot of time to watch TV when she's asleep and, and stuff like that. So my wife and I, we just finished The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, um, which is just a trip. Like, it is a crazy show. Is it good? It is. I wouldn't... I, I don't think I could recommend it because, you know, it's not, they have some scenes that are pretty like inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. Um, but just the concept of it is really cool. So it's all about this, this different America. So it's America in the future and the far right, like Christian cult has taken over. And so they call themselves Gilead and it's just like very old school. Like infertility is the big part of like, it's the big issue. Okay. Um, and so no one can have babies. And so the people who can have babies are very coveted. And so the this call end up taking over all of America and they're forcing these women to have babies for them. And it's just this whole mm. idea of um, this idea of really choice, like what kind of choice do they have over their over themselves. But, you know, babies are very important. And it's really well done. And I always I love the um, genre of like people rising up and, and fighting. Right. The, and so this is very much that. Um, and so they just finished two seasons. Um, I started reading the book cause I was really interested in what the differences were. And so the book, um, I'm only a few chapters in, but that was by Margaret Atwood. And, uh, so it's an older book in the eighties, okay. but it's been really interesting. It's not nearly as graphic. Is it like, is it anti-religious like to a point where it's just kind of, uh, mm. cause like that's what, what I've heard about it. Right. And, like, kind of why I shied away from it. It's not anti-religious if, like, well, that's a, that's interesting. So it's not anti-religious in the fact that it doesn't represent anything that I believe in. Okay. Um, so it's anti, like, fascist religious. It's anti, like, sure. far-right religious. Like, people who, you know, use their religion to, um, to make racism okay or to make, right. you know, those things okay. So it kind of shows what would happen if we let religious, our religiousness like go too far and kind of lose God. Um, so it's this concept of sure. religious, but it's also kind of what people see our faith as if we don't give them the right lens. Oh yeah, for sure. And so it's, it's interesting and it uh, gives you, you know, a kind of a lens into what people could see, you know, Catholicism as if they don't really have that right lens or, you know, they don't realize like, oh, like you're, you're pro-life. That means you don't want me to have any control over my body, things like that. But right. it's like you can kind of see that taking place, and you're like, and it gives you the opportunity to say, no, that's not really what we believe. So it's kind of a cool segue into like, like how people might see us and how we can kind of tackle that. It's a good conversation sense. starter, then. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that might actually be something I look into for the show then, because I think the harder 
the topic is for the show. It would be definitely the, a difficult topic yeah. to go through, but you know, that would, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Any, anything else you've been taking in or? Yeah. So podcast wise, I really like trivia a lot. And so yes. I've been listening to a lot of trivia podcasts cause I always, I want to be the best trivia person in the world. That's my, my goal. And so I listen religiously to like trivia warfare beat my guests like just there's a bunch of different trivia podcasts okay. like and then when i um need something in the background i don't want to listen to music i'll put on like youtube channels of movies or different things that talk about movies and just kind of right. listen because that's one of my biggest weaknesses is movies so i've been really studying that so i kind of i do um, that too yeah i like i i just really i'm very competitive so whenever i go to a trivia night like i want to win i don't want to just have fun so so how does a trivia podcast work though? Do they just like give a pause in between their question or? Yeah. The one I listen to and like the most it's called trivial warfare and it's like pub trivia without the pub. And so what they do is the, the host will ask a question and then they'll kind of talk it out and, and you'll get to see what they're thinking and how they come to an answer. Oh, so okay. you can pause it. They recommend pausing it if you want to do the same thing and then they'll play against another team. And so it's a lot of fun. Right. And I can see how that would definitely connect back because you were like a trivia master host for a little quiz bit master, too. Quiz, yeah. sorry quiz master quiz master wording uh yeah for geeks who drink mm-hmm. right yeah and i did that when i came to dallas for a little bit but i kind of don't have time but no, once fair. i get more time i'll pick it up again because it was a lot of fun like i mean they they give you all the questions and stuff and it's just running a trivia night for two hours and a bar full of people it was yeah. a lot of fun yeah so then i learned a lot i actually just found some locations for geeks who drink down in Lee City. Right? Oh, good. Yeah, I'm You're, super excited. Yeah, you gotta go. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. It's taking in a lot of stuff. I really haven't gotten much in the last week, to be honest, as far as media. But I did watch a movie with my roommate. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it's like Dragon's Heart or Dragon's Tail or something like that. It's Dragon something. <laughs> Dragon, Dragon Tales. Tales. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I love Dragon, Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales was awesome. That was a great show. It was. But it was this like cheesy, like early 90s, late 80s movie about this knight who's supposed to kill this dragon but then actually befriends the dragon and then they come together to turn on the evil king so really cliche like shrek yeah but before shrek huh so i wonder if shrek copied it stole it really oh that's actually really interesting (laughs) i'm totally gonna look into that now but yeah so it was dragon something or other um, and Sean Connery was the voice for no the dragon. No way, really? Yes. Yeah. He so was... it was like the Loch Ness Monster, like a little Scottish. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. His name was Draco. Of course. Sean Connery. My name is Sean. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, good nice. movie. And I actually, I tried to watch that same night another movie, which was a bad idea. <laughs> I Too. fell asleep, but it was Batman vs. Superman. Oh, I have not seen that yet. I heard it was really bad, but um, in one of our previous episodes here, I think it was The House of L, we, I was challenged to start watching DC movies, so I've been trying to catch up on those, and I, I fell asleep about 20 minutes into that one, so I'll have to try it again, but yeah. Not a ringing endorsement of it. Uh, not yet, but I haven't I haven't seen it entirely. It's true. So I was just really tired. It's not that it was awful yet. Although I was really confused because Batman in this one just seems so like angry in the first like 20 minutes. So I hope that's not a spoiler if you ever watch it, but in the first 20 minutes, he just seems 
really angry at everything. Is he already established as Batman or is it his origin too? Uh, this is where he's first introduced into like this series. Mm-hmm. But his parents didn't just die or anything, right? Because that might be why he's angry. Well, he's an adult, but there's yeah. a flashback in the beginning okay. to the, the parent situation. But I don't know why he's angry. Yet. He just seems angry at everything and everyone. But they might explain that later on in the movie, and I just haven't gotten that You'll far You'll have told yet. me now. I'm interested. Yeah. So that's that. But I actually have not listened to the song that we're going to be talking about. Really? At least not recently. It's been a couple of weeks at least. But... Yeah, so I know the song, but it's, it's been mm-hmm. quite a while. So we're going to be talking about a couple of songs, actually, now that I think about it. But the first one is Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. So one thing with Chris is you love 21 Pilots. Oh, 21 Pilots is amazing. Yeah. Yes. And so much so that you've worked it into your youth ministry quite a bit, which is why I found out that you love 21 Pilots. So you did a whole retreat on Stressed Out. Well, the album, Stressed mm-hmm. Out. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So let's uh, let's get started. And we'll just kind of like walk through. And That sounds good. I, I'm really interested because I know you did this retreat, mm-hmm. but I don't really know the details of what was going on. So yeah. I, I'm excited to hear this. Awesome. So we'll go ahead. I'll read through the lyrics and we'll kind of break it down from there. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice that sang some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I was told when I get older, all my fears would shrink, but now I'm insecure and I care what people think. My name is Blurry Face and I care what you think. And then that repeats again for the chorus. So this is the kind of the first part of the song. What, uh, what did you kind of take away from this when you broke it down? Yeah, so when I was wanting to do this for a retreat, I like to think of, of themes that would really connect with the, the kids. And so right. um, I don't think that there's a better song than something called Stressed Out because I don't think that high schoolers could be possibly any more stressed out than right. they are about yeah. things. And so um, when when I listen to the song, I just I kind of hear my own insecurities echoed back. Like not necessarily, you know, singing and, and things like that, but just um, I wish is something I say a lot, like, man, I wish I had mm-hmm. this, or I wish I was better at this. And, um, I think that's something that really everyone connects to. Um, and so it's kind of this idea of the insecurity, um, of, and it, it's kind of cool because it's so raw, like, um, Tyler Joseph, he's the lead singer of Roman Pilots. Right. Um, he's just very honest. Um, and I, I think that's kind of refreshing to hear music, to hear, just this pouring out of like, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with on this vulnerability that you get that you really don't get in a lot of music nowadays. You don't get vulnerability as much as you get machismo. Right. You know, and he said that in a lot of his music too, that he doesn't care if people even listen to his music. Mm -hmm. He, he's doing it for the select few who, who will listen no matter Mm -hmm. what, because they're the ones that are appreciating the honesty and the vulnerability. Yeah. And he's, he really has, you know, it, it's really refreshing to like listen to his interviews and kind of see mm-hmm. where, where he's coming from. But um, I know this album in general, he really wanted to talk about insecurity. And so I think it's probably one of the most vulnerable albums of any music I've listened to. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes it so 
appropriate because, um, you know, the whole thing's just raw and uncut. It's just, you know, what am I struggling with? How am I doing that? And he really gives a name to it. Uh, we see later in the song, well, later when he says blurry face and he talks about blurry face as his insecurities, but I kind of see blurry face more as, as we move away from God, we lose our identity and our identity becomes more and more blurred. And so our face blurs just like um, blurry face. And so it's this idea of as we become more insecure and as we become uh, more unaware of who we are and our strengths and our glory that we find in God, as we move away from that, we lose that concept of who we are. Um, and so the whole album, the album itself is called Blurry Face. And the whole album is about this character that he constantly fights with, which is Blurry Face. And so that's why I really wanted to, I couldn't name the retreat Blurry Face, but I really wanted to wrestle with that idea of, with the high schoolers, like, who, like, what's Blurry Face to you? Like, who do you see um, yourself as? This, it was an identity retreat, really, going back to that. Right. So it's kind of this this false identity, right, that we establish mm-hmm. when we, we pull ourselves away. And that's actually something... I talk about a lot. I've covered it on air a little bit, so I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something that I'm really passionate about too, is when we invest in all these false things and all these false insecurities, we, in a way, become less human, you know? Yeah. And everything becomes to blur. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. And it's kind of cool because you'll see in all the videos, the music videos from the whole album, um, Tyler has his hands and his neck all painted black. So I thought it was a tattoos at first, but it's just he painted them black because he says that when what he writes and what he puts out, he puts his neck out mm-hmm. um, on the line for he feels very insecure about. And so it's this concept of like it kind of like just this blackness, like this insecurity, like this this being scared, you know, just kind of manifesting itself in his hands and his neck. So it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, he's really, you know, invested in that. Idea, right. So, yeah, I actually never realized that was paint either. I thought it was tattoos. Yeah, as well. no, it's. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll go ahead and dive into the, the next verse here. It says, Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mom is saying us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mom is saying us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. We're stressed out. So I think that kind of goes along with what we were just talking about there with uh, the stress of the youth and, I mean, of all of us. But we we look at the stats now, I mean, I hate to bring statistics into the show, but we always talk about with our, our youth that in college, it's like 80 or 85% of college students now have depression at some point in their their four years or whatever, how, however long they're there. But I would be interested to see what that's like in high school too, because there's oh, yeah. so much pressure on high schoolers too. I feel so bad for high schoolers. Um, I mean, I wasn't a high schooler too long ago, but it's only gotten so much harder, it yeah. seems like. Just the the things that they're exposed to, how easily that you know how easy they're exposed to things, but just you know their expectations. Yeah, um, it's it's just crazy. And especially as social media uh, grows too. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, hopefully through the show we can kind of help use social media in a, a little bit better light. But we're trying small things <laughs> at a time. So going on in the song, sometimes a certain smell would take me back to when I was young. How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it. Try to sell it. Never sell out of it. I'd probably only sell one. Is there anything in there that you kind of want to build off of? Yeah, just this call to like nostalgia. I think that um, we all have 
ideas of um, how it was in the good old days of our lives. Yeah. And we, we have those, those, ro- those graduation glasses, those rose-colored glasses where we look back and everything looked perfect. But he kind of even addresses that. He said, you know, he'd probably only sell one. Like, it wasn't as good as you think it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes can hold us back from the present. Like, if we're just thinking about, like, man, I missed that time when I was here or this was happening, um, it takes us out of the present but not for anything positive. Like, it doesn't help us, you know, really grow much. Right. Make sense? Yeah. Do you watch The Office? Uh-huh. So, Andy's line of, uh, what is it? I, I wish there was a way to tell when you were in the good old days before you're out of them or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. And and honestly, it's, we're in the good old days. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of why we don't realize it, because mm-hmm. the good old days are the present. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, like you said, we always glorify the past because we simplify it rather than just living in the moment that we're given right now yeah and so maybe from that we can kind of see this gratitude of the moment rather than desiring what's past because then we start comparing and then there's that cheesy quote comparing leads to despairing Mm -hmm. which is where he's at right now is this moment of despair so moving into the the next section there it'd be to my brother because we have the same nose, same clothes, homegrown, a stone's throw from a creek we used to roam. But it would remind us of when nothing really mattered. Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all could take the ladder. And it goes back into the uh, refrain again. My name is Blurryface, and I care what you think. All right. So going off of just what I'm picking up here is we're still going into the, the nostalgia idea. Mm-hmm. Is there anything with the the brother relationship there that you picked up on? Yeah, because he's talking about how he would sell the candle just to his brother. I feel that it's kind of a call to say that he has that connection. That's really important. And so that's what I I get. Like he has this idea of his brother being his his strength, like his his call back to um, when, you know, his times were good. But just this idea of kind of comfort. Um, and, and how his, his, he and his brother are close. Um, his brother's the other one in, in the group, right? No, actually no. Um, but oh. I, I, I thought it was too. The drummer, his name's Josh Dunn, but Joseph Tyler did, was very close to his brother. He, uh, they were homeschooled. Um, oh, okay. interesting, which, you know, is kind of a fun fact. Yeah. Um, but Josh didn't come around till the third album. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just the two of them are the, the duo. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, you do. But yeah, so I, I think that is definitely true. Clinging to the that relationship, I think, is really, really important because when we look at being this the stress, these insecurities, the way that we overcome them is through like legitimate, uh, healthy relationships. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And above all of those, like you were saying earlier, our relationship with God, right? Because when we're able to mend that, then we're able to reestablish what our identity is. And when we can establish what our identity is, we start shaking away all these other insecurities, which try to tempt us away from that. So I think that's really important too. So again, we go through the refrain there and then we get to our next part. We used to play pretend, give each other different names. We would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly it far away. Used to dream of outer space, but now they're laughing at our face saying, wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. We used to play pretend, give each other different names. We would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly it far away. Used a dream of outer space, 
but now they're laughing at her face saying, wake up, you need to make money. That's always a fun part of the song. Uh-huh. All right. We see a, a kind of a shift here. It definitely gives you kind of the, the reminiscent vibe of like playing with his little brother. Mm-hmm. But as in all things with 21 Pilots, there's got to be something deeper here. So anything stand out to you with the, the rocket ship? Kind of exiting, I guess, that idea, realizing that it is fantasy. You know, realizing mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, you can pretend to build a rocket ship, but you're not really building a rocket ship. Yeah. Um, and so it, I like the part where it says, used to dream about her space. And so this idea of, like, how, you know, the nostalgia of the good times, like when he could dream of these kind of things, but now it's impossible. You know, right. now they're back saying, wake up, you need to make money. Like, it's that stark, like, bringing back to the present, like, bringing back to, like, things kind of are, are tougher now. And, and, and you can see, you could probably, I would think that he's thinking um, from his label, you know, you need to make money. Like mm-hmm. you can't just sing about dreamy. You can't just sing about nostalgia because that's not going to make money. You need to sing about relevant things. You need to sing about things that are happening that your audience is going, like they're not connecting with you building rocket ships, not connecting with you, you know, being a kid Right. Like, that we need, we need something different. And I think that comes back again to these relationships, mm-hmm. but in a, a negative way where we see these people they're laughing at them and telling them you need to silence your dream, silence your reminiscing, and you need to focus on money, right? So we have these kind of negative relationships too, rather than the, the strength one that he had with his brother. So really, that's kind of the the end there we we definitely we repeat a little bit mm-hmm. towards the end talking about being stressed out but really we we kind of covered the the main gist of it there yeah so this is the title song for the album right Mm-mm. the album's called blurry face it's called blurry face, blurry face. yeah okay. so they this is the second song so the fun thing about the album is it plays that whole story blurry face from start to finish so kind of introduced in heavy dirty soul which is the first song really brought into frame like names and everything and stressed out which is the second song and then kind of you'll see themes and and things throughout different songs kind of bring that into the blurry face idea either named or not named throughout the whole album so it's like this is an album you listen to start from like from start to finish it's a story it's a yes it's definitely a story album okay um, which I like about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Twenty One Pilots. Like, stressed out is not a happy song. Like, it's an upbeat song, but it's not happy. It doesn't have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. Um, it just it kind of leaves you there. And that's what you know. It's a very popular song, um, and it's cool and it's fun, but it's not a happy song. Right. Um, it's not one that leaves you feeling like warm on the inside. Yeah, and I think when when I first started listening to it, when it was really popular on the radio mm-hmm. and everything. For me, it was about reminiscing. But as we kind of dig into the lyrics a little bit, it you see that it goes definitely further than that. And uh, the reminiscing isn't as happy and bubbly right. as, as I first thought it was. And it's kind of like nostalgia. Like you remember all those things that are happy and bubbly. And then as you dig deeper and you kind of remember, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't so happy. And yeah. Wasn't, yeah. And you start pulling out those insecurities again that you had then. But yeah, so another thing we wanted to talk about today was a song that I, I actually don't know this one. This one is... At all. This is, I want to say, my favorite Twilight Pilot song. Really? It is, yes. Oh, okay. 
Dang. So you have to listen. Now to I got to listen to uh-huh. it. Okay, so this song is "Goner" mm-hmm. again by Twenty One Pilots. So this is later on in the the album, the last song, the last the song. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is kind of what brings everything together. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and go through this. This one is more repetitive, but from what you were telling me before, this really sums yeah everything up with the idea mm-hmm. of blurry face. Mm-hmm. And the reason I found this song and really like was able to dive into it because. On the retreat, we wanted to do a drama. Like we wanted to do something that really, um, towards like the end of Saturday night, that really just opened the kids up and really made them, you know, allowed them to think something differently. And so we knew we wanted to do the song "Stressed Out," but we wanted another song to go with it. And so while "Stressed Out" is an upbeat song, it's not a happy song. So we wanted to like have the characters in the beginning, you know, struggling and being stressed out and going through these different emotions and things. But we wanted the song to end somehow we wanted to end so Mm -hmm. i was looking for a song that was about blurry face and you know trying to figure out how to wrestle with ending it and so then i found this song which i think is the perfect song and it's become my favorite song because of it awesome all right we'll we'll go Mm -hmm. and dive in and i like i said i don't know this so i'm going to just kind of react to what happens here so it starts with i'm a goner somebody catch my breath i'm a goner somebody catch my breath I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you. And then it repeats that again. Holy cow. All right, so we get deep right away. <laughs> yes. All right, so goner. What, what is he talking about here? How is he a goner? Is this uh, something referred to earlier on in one of the other songs? or? No, I think it's... Well, the whole album, he's struggling with this insecurity. He's struggling right. with Blurry Face. And so I think like this is his goodbye like this is his Mm. saying i'm done with fighting i'm done with being frustrated i'm done with blurry face like i'm just done with now with this constantly like weighing down on me and so i when he says i'm a goner i kind of picture him just you know being done and whatever that means you know uh, we find out kind of later in the song where he's going with it but just saying like I'm, I'm going to need help. Like I need to be known by, by something else. And so I love that. I want to be known by you because I don't think there's much that you can get from that other than like a prayer, you right. know, like a desperate cry for help. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad it's there because when I first read that first line, I'm a goner, somebody catch my breath. I'm thinking more of like, okay, we had this idea of insecurities and almost like this depression and I'm a goner almost leads to like, like I'm done. Yeah. I give up almost mm-hmm. like this suicidal mm-hmm. kind of vibe. But when we get to these last lines, I want to be known by you. It, it becomes something different. It almost becomes like, I'm feeling like, like a worship song almost because right. I want to be known by you. Mm-hmm. I know there's some praise and worship song that I've sung somewhere <laughs> where it's just, I, w- I want to be known by you I'm yeah. on repeat. But going back to what we were talking about in the last song, stressed out, when we establish that relationship when we with God and we reestablish that identity again, then we can start to shed away those insecurities and and they're gone. Right. That identity of blurry face is, is no more. Cool. So diving into the verse here. Though I'm weak, beaten down, I'll slip away into the sound. The ghost of you is close to me. I'm inside out. You're underneath. I've got two faces, blurries the one I'm not. I've got two faces, blurries the one I'm not. I need your help to take him out. I need your help to take him out. 
Yeah. Okay. The song's not subtle, but yeah. it's beautiful. Definitely. Um, not. Yeah. I like how he says, like, I'll slip away into the sound. Like, I just picture this moment of him, like, like in, like, praise and worship or in, like, just some kind of, like, loud environment where he's just, like, realizing that, that he's done, you know? Right. And so he kind of slips away into that. Like, that's my favorite way to pray is being surrounded by, like, loud music. Like, just loud, like, things. Sometimes when I'm quiet... I forget to listen, but when it's loud, I can listen better, if that makes sense. And so, um, you know, I, I like, I, I can identify with that. You know, the ghost of you is close to me. I'm inside out, you're underneath. Like this this idea of the spirit just being around him right. all over. Yeah. Um, it's just, and I picture, being Catholic, I picture an adoration. Like he's just kneeling down, like he feels Jesus there, God there. And it's just like kind of around him and he's just struggling with this. And I think it's so cool because we've all had this moment. Like, every, like we've had this moment of, you know, just where things have built up so much that we just feel like we can't carry anymore. You know, we feel like we can't go any further. And that's finally when we realize like, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be doing that. Like I can let go. Right. Um, you know, and so this, this idea of the I'm inside out is what really caught my attention mm-hmm. here because when you're inside out, that's, that's painful. You know, <laughs> I, I can kind of envision like this agony of tearing away this, this blurry face identity side of him. Mm-hmm. And in that, just the pain of addressing all of those insecurities and allowing the Holy spirit to just do its thing and, and fix that. It's almost like, have you read like the Narnia Chronicles? Some of them, yeah. Okay, so yeah. there's one, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, where Eustace, who is the Pevensey's cousin, mm-hmm. he becomes a dragon, and the dragon's supposed to represent like his sinful nature and stuff. And he starts to realize, like, I don't want to be a dragon. So he starts trying to peel away his skin, mm. and he does. He peels away the skin, but then he realizes the skin's still there. And so he tries it again, and he tries it again. And then Aslan, who is the Jesus figure mm-hmm. comes up and he says, let me do it. Mm-hmm. And so with mm-hmm. his lion claws, he peels away the dragon skin. And this character Eustace is just in extraordinary pain. Right. But in the end, that sin, those insecurities were addressed mm-hmm. and he becomes human again. He's, he's this little boy. And so when we allow the spirit to, to surround us, like you were just talking about and address those insecurities mm-hmm. and heal those, it's going to be painful. Absolutely. But through that, we're healed. Yeah, that's kind of what I was envisioning there, especially yeah, that, that's really cool. that inside out painful feeling. And then it goes into the next part where, where it talks about his, his two faces. And I think this just reestablished what, what you were talking about earlier with he's trying to get rid of that blurry face, mm-hmm. trying to establish who he really is. But what really kind of jumped out to me here is the the last two lines. I need your help to take him out. And if what we're saying here is true, and this is a prayer, mm-hmm. he's he's asking God, like he's saying, "I'm not sufficient, right? But you are." Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really beautiful. And like you were saying before, allows that vulnerability to jump in. Yeah, cool. And going into this next section here. So we have a little bit of repeat here again, but towards the end, it says, don't let me be gone. Don't let me be gone. Don't let me be gone. 
Don't let me be gone. Don't let me be. All right. So we have this idea of. And the song, since you haven't heard it, the song's really cool because it just like, there's no, it's not music. It's just like, don't let, like he's chanting it. He's like, don't let me be. And it's very raw. It's Mm -hmm. very, and it, it builds up. So it's like, starts quiet. Don't let me be. And it's just like, you can see him rocking back and forth, like just being so done. And so at the end he's like yelling, like, don't let me. And he's like yelling and screaming. Mm -hmm. It's just this idea. It's like, it's not coming from him, but it's coming from like inside his soul of just this like extreme hunger for change and extreme hunger for redemption. And just that idea of, you know, letting go of what you've been holding on to for song and how redeeming that is. And so it's just, it's just this really great, like just build up of music. And I think that kind of goes along with, this idea of pain it's and like pain, being yeah. exposed because mm-hmm. it, like you said, envisioning him sitting there rocking and it builds, he's feeling the pain as, as the healing happens. So again, he's, he's asking for that help to take him out. And then as it's happening, don't let me be gone. Don't let me be gone. Don't let me be gone. And it, it builds and builds. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful. It's really great. It's the perfect, if I wanted to kind of coach my kids on how to pray, like there's no perfect prayer, um, things like that. But if they, if they, if they weren't, you know, used to praying and they didn't really know, like this song really has a lot of elements of a, a, a powerful and, and personal prayer. Like it has vulnerability. It has, you know, that repetition because it allows you to kind of listen to God if you're repeating and, and kind of getting lost in that. And so it's just, it has so many cool elements of like what a, a a prayer could be if you've never prayed or you don't have an idea. Um, you can show them the song and say, this is a really good, you know, example. And it's not like a boring song. You know, it's not a song that they're going to be like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like it's a song that really engages you and really brings you that idea of what prayer could be. Right. Yeah. There's, there's so much, like you said earlier, vulnerability in this song and just Mm -hmm. desire to be healed, I think. And, I, I really want to wrap up this song just by reading through that last, I guess that's the refrain again. So it's, I'm a goner. Somebody catch my breath. I'm a goner. Somebody catch my breath. I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you. And I think if we had a challenge this week, I... I, I want to say that verse right, or that, that refrain right there, taking that to prayer and in that prayer, just whatever your dragon skin is mm-hmm. that you need peeled away, hand that over, like allow the Holy Spirit to surround you, allow Aslan the lion to peel <laughs> that away, whatever, whatever way you want yeah. to envision it, mm-hmm. allow God to work on that. So whatever your insecurities are, whatever's making you blurry face my challenge is to take that verse to prayer and hand those over allow that vulnerability to give a space for for god to work on your on your heart so with that do you have any shout outs for anyone yes absolutely i first want to shout out um if you're listening 21 pilots you guys are great yeah um big listeners big listeners (laughs) yeah i I figure i think both of them um but They, they are catholic though I believe I was doing some research. I mean, they're homeschooled probability, but I don't know. Um, I do know that this is the most pop. It's probably the 
best album of all time. Not the best album of all time, but this is the only album ever, Blurry Face, that has gone, every song has gone at least gold. On. Really? So all 14 songs have gone gold to multi-platinum, um, but it's the only album in history that's ever done that. So wow. I think it kind of speaks to just how raw and important the album is because, I mean, every single song speaks volumes. Yeah, and, and yet in their music they say, even if no one's no going to listen, we're going to sing and, anyways. And that's that's what that's what good like artists do like they create raw music and that's why i think personally like 21 pilots and nf are the realest christian artists out there right now Mm -hmm. especially like pop wise and if you like as a youth minister knowing like pointing my kids in the direction of 21 pilots and nf i feel like they're in so much better hands than if i just like played casting crowns for them all the time you know like i just feel that there's a lot more realness and a lot more that they're going to come to in the music of these guys. It's like raw sense. and approachable and like relatable and not overly happy. Like it just, it, it has emotions, you know, and I yeah. agree. It's just, it's amazing. And I, I mean, I could talk for days about NF too. Cause I think that his music, you know, it's top of the charts right now in secular world. Right. But he has a lot of like Christian themes. So it's, you know, maybe one you want to do in the future, but it's like, it's like a gospel of Mark versus gospel of John. Mm-hmm. It exactly. really emphasizes the emotions. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Also shout out to Madeline, my wife and Helena. Thank you for cleaning up the apartment. Uh, <laughs> that was really nice of you guys. But yeah. And, uh, Colby Francis, my new nephew, he's oh, like cool. five days old, six days old. Oh, that's so exciting. So he's very new. He's very small. That's really exciting. So that was really cool to see. So Chris's wife, Madeline was also working at the Pines while I was there. And her name. camp name was Baja, which Baja. is why mine was Blast. Yeah. Baja Blast. The best flavor of Mountain Dew. Yeah. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, so my shout-out this week is actually for the main reason why I'm in Dallas. I'm going to shout-out Austin and Kimmy Weibel nice. because they just got married yesterday. I don't know if you guys listen, but super happy for you guys. So glad that uh, I got to be at the wedding and celebrate with you guys. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. So I'll and be Clint's for you guys. got some dance moves, listeners. If you guys <laughs> ever get to, you know, hang out with Clint, just ask to see his dance moves because he brings them. I I try. Sometimes. It, was, it was really great to watch. It was fun. Yeah. Was Shout out to Clint's dance moves. Shout out to the dance moves. Shout out to YouTube for teaching me dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you got your dance moves from YouTube. Oh my gosh. So I I gotta be a little vulnerable with you here. So I used to hate to dance. Uh-huh. Like straight up hated to dance until like my junior year of high school my high school brought in this motivational speaker and i don't remember much about him except he had a smiley face tie that he wore that was made of like a like a napkin from uh, a restaurant but it was like his thing and one of his stories was he was talking about how he always looked up to the popular kids in school and always wanted to be like them and realized he was never going to be the the jock Mm -hmm. so he's like i'm going to do one thing i'm going to learn to dance really really well and i'm going to impress the girls and so he became the best dancer in school. And then one of the jocks came up to him once and was like, man, I, I wish I could be like you. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to become the dancer. And so that's what I did. I watched YouTube and I started to learn a couple dance moves. And now I love it. So everyone should dance. It's fun. And it's a way to worship. So True. Liturgical dance. You heard it here. Yeah, it's a thing. So love it. Learn it. Enjoy it. So please, 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 guys, if you haven't already, follow us, subscribe, all that fun stuff on all the social medias. You can find us in the notes section for any of that stuff. The YouTube stuff is 
coming soon-ish. We are working on it for you guys. And we also have some news coming up. So stay tuned in upcoming episodes because we're going to be making a lot of announcements in the next couple weeks. So I can't say what they are yet. Sorry, Chris. But they are going to happen. Hopefully in the next week or two, we'll be giving you guys some updates on what those are. So be ready. The new year of our podcast, because October is our one-year anniversary, we're going to have quite a few fun new surprises for you guys. So please, please, please share us with all your friends. We love you guys, praying for you, and uh, thanks for joining us for the adventure. Thanks for having me, Clint. Yeah. That's all, folks. Good job. You did great. Yeah. So proud of you. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Bye bye, podcast.